If I asked anyone here, or any Carmelite for that matter, to name the evangelical councils, I'm sure that without exception, everyone would quite correctly say they are chastity, poverty, and obedience. We all know this because it's part of the promise we make when we become Carmelites. We promise to tend toward evangelical perfection by practicing the evangelical councils. However, what I want to do today is not consider evangelical poverty, chastity, and obedience individually or even collectively, but evangelical counsel itself. That is, I want to consider the whole, not the parts. Not examples or instances of evangelical counsels, but its essence, that we might know what it actually is. This is not as simple as you might think. A religious historian, for instance, once quipped that anyone who liked Billy Graham was evangelical. But when Billy Graham himself was asked to define the term, he replied, actually, that's a question I'd like to ask somebody too. To this, Carmelites could add, what is counsel? What is evangelical perfection? Most of us, if pressed to explain these terms, would probably be in the same position as St. Augustine, who said of time, what then is time? If no one asks me, I know what it is. But if I wish to explain it, I do not know. Today, I hope to remedy this situation somewhat with respect to evangelical counsel by considering its essence. For if we discover its essence, then the path to the evangelical perfection we promise to tend towards will be clearly illuminated. The more precisely we know what it is we are seeking, the easier it will be to find it and to set aside whatever it is not. Let's start with evangelical. Interestingly, our Holy Father and Holy Mother, St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Jesus, rarely use the word. In all of their writings, John used the word evangelical only five times, four of those times in the context of evangelical perfection. Teresa, for her part, only used the word three times, twice in the context of evangelical prayer. But we shouldn't read too much into this, for I'm convinced that being evangelical wasn't so much ignored as it was presumed. For in the way of perfection, St. Teresa wrote, quote, All my longing was and still is that since our Lord has so many enemies and so few friends, that these few friends be good ones. As a result, I resolved to do the little that was in my power, that is, to follow the evangelical counsels as perfectly as I could, and strive that these few persons who live here do the same." Unquote. Thus, despite its infrequent use in their writings, the whole of Carmelite spirituality is directed at following the evangelical counsels. Our book of documents, in contrast, uses the word evangelical quite often, 28 times in fact. Sometimes it does so while referring to evangelical councils, but 
also to evangelical self-denial, evangelical perfection, evangelical union, and evangelical use of goods, evangelical witness, and the evangelical life. Clearly then, being evangelical is an essential part of being a Carmelite. But contrary to the modern usage of the word in which an evangelical identifies a particular Protestant denomination or being evangelical means doing the work of an evangelist by proclaiming the gospel, evangelical as St. Teresa and St. John used it meant imitating the example found in the Gospels. Imitating the example found in the Gospels. To be evangelical, we must imitate the Gospels. Thus, to understand and practice evangelical poverty, we should meditate, contemplate, and imitate those in the Gospel who were poor. So too for evangelical chastity and obedience, we should meditate, contemplate, and imitate those who were chaste and obedient. The same is true for evangelical self-denial, perfection, union, witness, and life. Imitating our Lord, Our Lady, and the saints we find, especially in the Gospels, but also throughout Holy Scripture, is the key to authentically living out our evangelical call as Carmelites. It is the essence of evangelical. This is why Lexio Divina is emphasized so much in our formation and encouraged as a continuing part of our prayer life. Let's now consider what is meant by counsel. In the Catholic Encyclopedia entry for this, we find that Christ in the Gospels laid down certain rules of life and conduct which must be practiced by every one of his disciples. We might call these the precepts. But he also taught certain things which were not binding upon all. These are the counsels. These are what our Lord commended for those who desired to do more than the minimum, for those whose aim was more certainly and expeditiously at Christian perfection, insofar as it can be obtained here on earth. Thus, in the Gospel of Matthew, when the young man asked him what he should do to obtain eternal life, Jesus told him, keep the commandments. But when the young man pressed him further, our Lord told him, if you wish to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give it to the poor. And in the same chapter, he speaks of eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven and added, he that can receive it, let him receive it. Thus, the difference between a precept and a counsel is that the precept is a matter of necessity while the counsel is left to the free choice of the person to whom it is proposed. Now, the principal goods of this world can be divided into three categories. First, riches, which makes life easy and pleasant. Second, pleasures of the flesh, which appeal to the appetites. And third, power and worldly honors, which gratify our ego. In themselves, each of these goods can be lawful and innocent. 
But even when sin is not involved, they can also hold us back from our true aim and vocation and delay our will from becoming entirely conformed to the will of God. As Carmelites, we have freely chosen the more difficult path. We have promised to follow the way of the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience, in which we look to the Gospels to find the way of perfection even in the lawful use of goods. There we find that the love of riches is countered by the counsel of poverty. The inordinate pleasures of the flesh are excluded by the counsel of chastity, while the desire for worldly power and honor is counteracted by the counsel of holy obedience. But these counsels direct us to do more than simply not sin with regard to these goods. Sinning, of course, is forbidden to all Christians as a matter of precept. Following the counsels is more than this. It's a voluntary setting aside of what is in itself lawful for the sake of Christ. It is in accordance with our vocation, detaching even from what is good and permitted so that we might be more free to serve him. The Catechism of the Catholic Church speaks about those who, like secular Carmelites, practice the evangelical councils and how they contribute to the building up of the body of Christ. In paragraph 914, we read, the state of life which is constituted by the profession of the evangelical councils belongs undeniably to the life of the church and her holiness. And continuing in paragraph 929, we read, Their witness of a Christian life aims to order temporal things according to God and inform the world with the power of the gospel. They commit themselves to the evangelical councils by sacred bonds and observe among themselves the communion and fellowship appropriate to their particular secular way of life. The essence of the evangelical councils, then, is imitating our Lord, our Lady, and all the saints as found in the Gospels by making a gift of our lives to God and neighbor for the sake of the kingdom. Or to put it more succinctly, the essence of the evangelical councils is living the gospel for the sake of the kingdom. Living the Gospels for the sake of the kingdom. I'll close by repeating again what our Holy Mother said in her providentially named book, The Way of Perfection, for her longing and resolve individually and as a community, we must claim as our own as well. She wrote, All my longing is that since our Lord has so many enemies and so few friends, that these few friends be good ones. I resolve then to follow the evangelical counsels as perfectly as I can and strive that those here with me do the same. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.